right, what's up, everybody? We're glad to be at church. Come on, it's a good day. I know it's been said, uh, but I want to welcome anybody who's here for the first time again. Welcome to all of you watching online. Let's do this. Let's give it up for all those watching online. Come on, today. Because it's a holiday weekend, you know there's a lot of people watching online. Some of you didn't clap because you're, you're angry about it. I could tell. I could see which one of you had an attitude about those who were online instead of in the building. But I really am glad that we're here together. My name's Brandon. If I don't know you, I'm one of the pastors around here. And, uh, you know, it's a holiday weekend, so we always say this. You get a lot of extra credit in heaven for being at church today on a holiday weekend, especially our 9 o'clock crowd because they got up early. I could tell they were struggling a little bit, but it's okay. You guys are going to make up for it, right, because you're awake. You got your coffee and all that stuff. And it's a hot weekend. Uh, Sanchez, our friend Sanchez, some of you know him, he was to my left leading worship. Uh, he texted me last night. He said, it's so hot outside. He said, I saw a dog chasing a cat, and they were both walking. <laughs> he said, it was so hot outside. He said, the Jehovah's Witnesses have started telemarketing. <laughs> it's a hot week. I'll stop. He gave me some more, but I'll stop there. We ain't got time. But I really am excited to be at church today. And I don't say that just because I have to. Somebody go, he's a pastor. He's got to say that. But I love Sundays. I love being at church. As a matter of fact, uh, we're leaving after church, and we're going on vacation this week. We're going to be going all week long. Uh, but we didn't want to miss today. I wanted to be here. We can leave, and we got all week ahead of us. But I wanted to be at church today. Uh, we told our 7-year-old, we said, hey, buddy, we get to go to church tomorrow, and then we get to go on vacation. It's not a got to. It's a get to. I mean, I love being here with you and all of you watching online. So it's a good day, and I'm glad that you're here uh, with us as well. I want you to go and grab your note sheet out of your outline. Um, if you're a note taker, I, I just need to go ahead and prep you. Some of you love taking notes. Uh, you just got a blank outline. Some of you are going to be in shock. You're not even going to know what to do. Uh, so if you're a note taker, you look forward to our outlines. Now, I recognize that there are some of you here that you don't like the outlines, all right? And you've been bucking the system for all these years. I'm not taking any notes, you know, okay? So I get it. So this is for you. So we're entering into July, and every year in July, we let you take a little bit of a break. Some of you are overwhelmed with notes because you're like, I can't even start because what if I miss a blank? And then your brain will just shut down. Some of you feel like you've got to decorate your note sheet. You know, you got to draw pictures. Some of you feel like you've got to take extra notes or you're not very spiritual. You know, if you just walk away with the blanks filled in. So I understand. It's all right. This is for you. And for all of you note takers, we'll be back to it. Uh, next week, we begin our Summer Sunday series, which if you're a part of Cultivate very long, you know that you get to hear from a lot of different people across Cultivate Church. Our overseers will be with us, uh, Pastor Frankie Powell will be with us at both campuses this month. He's here today. Y'all just honor him. He's here just hanging out with us today. My pastor's here. And so you'll hear from him this month and a lot of other people. So you just get a, a month just to breathe on the note sheets, all right? But that doesn't mean that I don't have an outline today. I still got some points for you, so you're still going to want to take some notes for me, okay? So even if you're not writing, just hold the pen. It'll make me feel better, okay? Just hold on to the pen. Today we are celebrating um, this weekend of our freedom as a country. And, uh, you know, as I think about where we are as a country, as I think about where we are in our culture, and the reality is that it's rapidly changing every single day. We don't live in the same United States of America that we did just a few short years ago. And things are changing around us, but one thing that I can tell you that I'm very grateful for today is we still have freedom to gather in this place and honor God and to worship Jesus. And there are so many people who have sacrificed for generations for us to have this freedom. And so this weekend and this week as we celebrate, 
I really hope that we, even more so maybe than ever before, really appreciate the freedoms that we still have to live in this great country. But as I thought about this weekend and the representation of what it is, I couldn't help but think about all of you as individuals, not as just collection of people and not of us as in uh, crowds that will gather across two locations a day and four different worship experiences and all of you online, but as individuals. Because here's what I learn every single week, every afternoon about 1 or 2 o'clock when I get an email with all of those prayer requests from the Connect cards, is that although we're celebrating a lot of freedom for our country individually as individuals, we're carrying a lot of things that are keeping us from being free people. And today, what I really want to talk about is finding freedom. If I gave you a title, I'd say finding freedom. Because we're going to celebrate collectively, but what about individually? There's a lot of us that are still carrying baggage from our past. In Celebrate Recovery around here, we like to say our hurts, our habits, and our hang-ups. Things that you're holding on to that maybe were from your childhood that haven't been dealt with. Maybe somebody said something to you, spoke something over you. Maybe it was abuse mentally, physically, sexually. Maybe it's a divorce that you went through. Maybe it was trouble with your kids. Maybe it's struggles with your parents. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a self-esteem issue. You can name a bajillion different reasons that every one of us are carrying something in our life. And here's what I know, that on Sundays we're really good at you know, looking the part and looking good. That we walk in and we smile and we high five and it's a great day and this is the day the Lord has made. But collectively we're all carrying a lot of baggage that maybe nobody even knows about. And so today, what if we didn't just focus on the celebration of the freedom of our country, but what if we celebrated and focused on the freedom that Jesus wants to bring to every single one of our individual lives today? Because I believe that in this moment today, it's not by chance or happenstance that you made it into this place to receive God's word for you. And so today as we talk about finding freedom, I want you to turn to John chapter 9. If you've got a Bible, a glowing Bible, a paper Bible, if you don't have any of those, it's on the screen prepared for you. But I'm going to tell you one of my favorite stories out of all the Bible. This is one of my absolute favorites. It's a miracle that Jesus performs. And it's one of my favorites because it shows a lot of the personality of Jesus. It really shows a lot about who Jesus is. It's Jesus and his disciples just simply going about their day, and they walk upon a man who is known as a blind beggar. Now, we all are very uh, politically correct today, aren't we? We're very cautious about the words we use. Not back in the day. He was just the blind beggar. He was the blind guy that sat over there in the corner every day begging for money. That's how he was known for his life. And as Jesus walks along with his disciples, his closest friends, I just love they're like kids. They said, hey, Jesus, whose fault is it that this man was born blind? They just asked the questions that only a kid would ask. You know, some things that you would just wonder and not say. But they said, hey, why is this guy blind? What happened to him? Now, my son is seven. We went camping uh, a few weeks ago at Oak Mountain, and uh, there was a man riding through the park, and he had no legs. And he had an electric bicycle, and he rode that. I mean, he was getting after it. He was living his best life. And uh, my son, who is seven, saw him and said, hey, Dad, where's his legs? I said, but I know him as well as you do. I don't know. <laughs> and that guy for days just made laps around the park. And so I found my way over to this gentleman, and I began talking to him. And I could see my son from the campsite glaring over <laughs> And so I talked to this guy, super nice guy, and I get back to the camp. And he, my the son goes, so, Dad. 
What happened to his legs? I said, buddy, I don't know. He said, you didn't ask. That's <laughs> all he could take. I said, no, I didn't ask, buddy. It didn't come up, you know. But he wanted to know what happened to his legs. Many of us, we want to know, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? What happened to me? Why was I born into this? Why did I experience this? God, I've been faithful to you. God, I'm not as bad as the other person. I'm no angel, but come on, ain't no demon. You know Aunt Sally. Come on, y'all got somebody that's worse than you are. We rationalize it. God, what happened? And that's what the disciples want to know about this man here. What happened to this guy? And they said, whose fault is it? Is it his fault? Or is it his parents' fault that he is this way? And I think every one of us right here, on the statement that Jesus makes, if we would understand it, we could all go home right now. Jesus said, well, it's not his fault, and it's not the fault of his parents that he's that way. The reason that he is this way is so that the miracle that I perform could be done in and through his life so that everybody else would see. Everybody, listen to me. It may not be your fault, although it may be. Let's be honest. Some of us did some stuff. Come on. And it's just consequences, and you did it, and now you're just reaping it, and now you got to deal with it. Let Jesus help you. But sometimes, your circumstance and your situation, even the ones that I have caused, is just an opportunity for His power to be present in my weakness so that other people could see that it's Jesus and not me. Jesus was just setting them up. And Jesus said, as a matter of fact, everybody, watch this. Now, see, some of us, now listen, we think Jesus, we're very, we're dignified people, aren't we? When it comes to religious things. We have to have the tie on right, the button's just right, we got our suit. Come on, we, we, didn't, we didn't even shower, but we put the suit on, you know what I'm saying? We're just covering it up, our religious stuff. Jesus says, hey, watch this, everybody. And Jesus spits in the ground, makes mud, picks up the mud, sticks it in the man's face, and then tells him to go wash it off. Now, I don't know about you, but don't be religious today. Don't look at this like, oh, well, of course he did. Bless God. No. Jesus spit. The guy's blind, everybody. He didn't see it coming. He expected to hear a quarter drop in the bucket. Change for me, sir. <laughs> now, we picture this as he floated from the ground and just floated spiritually off to wash. No, I would have come up off the ground swinging. <laughs> but Jesus spits, makes mud, puts it on the guy's face, and then tells him to go wash it off. Hey, bud, you got mud in your eyes. You need to go clean that up. But notice this right here. Jesus never does it the way you think it ought to be done. If you or I had written this story, we would have said, Blessed son, thou shalt stand and be healed. And thou get back plenty of money, back pay for all of your pain and suffering. Some of us haven't experienced freedom and we're still sitting and begging because you've already written the script that the, you think Jesus needs to play by. And suddenly when you get mud in your eye, 
else and he tells you to wash, we say, well, who do you think you are? I asked for a miracle and all I got was mud in my face. But you know what this man did? He just went and washed it off. And the Bible says he came back seeing. Isn't that awesome? Well, it doesn't end there because then the religious people got to get into it. The church folk got to get into it. Now, you didn't hear this from me, okay? But I just need you to pray because, um, you know, this happened over here. And I'm not gossiping. I just feel like you need to know. You know, you get the church people wrapped up in it. And they said, hey, wait a second. What happened to you? I don't know. I was asking for a quarter. Now I can see. They said, well, what happened? It was that man over there. So they started investigating the man over there who claims to be the son of God. Well, they're ticked about it. Well, you can't, you can't be the son of God. Hey, this is the Sabbath day. Who heals somebody and helps somebody and performs life-changing miracles on the Sabbath day? It just erupts into this complete world of chaos. And they're trying to take away the blessing in his life. You ever started putting your faith in Jesus and everybody goes, what are you doing that for? You go to cultivate church? It's got the word cult in it. It's dangerous people over there. They tend to love Jesus over there. You know, we're seeing marriages restored over there. It's not normal. People start talking. Now, not only did it get out of hand, but they didn't believe this guy who's just repeatedly going, I don't know, man. It was just Jesus. That's all I can tell you. Until eventually they go, get his mama and his daddy. He's a grown man, y'all, and they're bringing in his mama and his daddy. They bring in mama and daddy. They go, is this your boy? They said, yes, it is. They said, well, he says that he was healed. And the guy's name is Jesus. Can you tell us if he was born blind? Is this legit? And I love his parents because the Bible says they didn't want to get in trouble. Basically, they just said, hey, everybody, he's a grown man. You can ask him. They just hung him out to dry. <laughs> Mom and dad didn't even stand up for him. They said, he can answer for himself. And this whole thing proceeds to tear apart what Jesus was doing. Kind of looks like culture today, doesn't it? That we try to tear apart anything that Jesus could do or the church could do or faith could do. We're demantling it in every aspect. And I would dare to say that maybe, just maybe, that's why many of us have not experienced freedom in our life. Because we're sitting and we're doing the same old thing that we've done before. But for some reason, when Jesus shows up and wants to do it his way, we can't recognize it because we've already scripted the way we think that it's going to happen. But I believe today Regardless if anybody can see it, know it, or experience it for you, there's some of us in here that need to experience freedom. And there's some principles that's out of this story that I think are practical for us. That if we would embrace just three simple things that I want to bring out of what happened on this amazing, miraculous day, that Jesus wants to do that for our life today. So I do have three things that I want you to write down today. And three things that I want to bring you out of this story that I believe is going to be life-changing for us to find freedom in our life. But I want us to pray. Let's pray over the word. Father, I love you. Thank you for everybody gathered in this room, in Columbiana, online, for all the people that joined us at 9 a.m. God, it is our prayer today that we would experience freedom in you. God, it's, it's heavy. God, I know the weight that people carry, the prayers that are prayed, the heaviness and the burdens, the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups that are carried in our lives. And today, we're just seeking you, Jesus. Help us to discover how to find freedom for our life. We want to be set free from the burdens of the things we've caused, the things we've experienced. We want to be a vessel for your power to show up and your presence to be there 
in the midst of our weakness so that other people could see, Jesus, that you are who you say you are, can do what you say you can do. So we submit ourselves to you today. Change us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So three things today. I want you to write down three things that I think are present here that will help us discover freedom in our life. Three ingredients. Number one, faith brings freedom. Faith brings freedom. The Bible says Jesus spit on the ground. He made mud with the saliva and spread mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself. So the man went and he washed and he came back seeing. Now, for many of us, we read that and we go, okay, great. That's good for that guy. But what about me? But you know, the reality of it is we could be reading this story completely and totally different. See, Jesus showed up. Jesus was present. The potential was there. The power was there. His presence was there. Jesus did something that was wild and wacky and crazy, but the man wasn't healed when Jesus put the mud on the guy's eyes. Jesus physically touched him. Jesus was there with full intent to perform the miracle. However, until the man got up in faith, walked out, and bathed himself as Jesus instructed, that's when he began to see. Until the man exercised his faith, nothing happened. He was in Jesus' presence. Jesus was actively working on and in his life, but until he exercised the faith, nothing happened. That's why many of us can come to church, can sit in this building, we can sit in these chairs, we can sing the songs, we can do all the things, but until we exercise some faith and put some skin in the game, nothing happens. That's why we experience the same thing over and over again. And we end up saying this. Well, I've tried prayer. I tried singing those songs. I tried going to that church. I went to a small group one time. And nothing happened, so I'm not doing it ever again. But we haven't exercised any faith. Somebody spit in our eye and we said, well, that was weird. <laughs> that was rude. And we just leave it at that. But when Jesus says, I need you now to get up. And I need you to exercise some faith. I need you to put some legs to the prayer. I need some skin in the game. When we can engage our faith, things begin to change. Jesus doesn't always do it the way we think it's going to do it. Everything you do in life requires faith. Some people struggle so much with following Jesus because it takes... The faith. Without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. You can't even have a relationship with Him without faith. But come on, everybody, I've seen some of you drive. It's faith for me every day to get in my car. I don't know what's wrong. I don't. One day, I'm just going to be a driver's ed teacher, and I'm going to literally, single-handedly, one child at a time, change the world. I feel my calling shifting. But we struggle with faith. We really do. We struggle with it. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I struggle with faith. I, I've been following Jesus for 35 years of my life, and I'm still amazed every time something happens. You think it would be old hat by now? It'd just be old news. Oh, yeah, Jesus, of course he does that. I'd be like, for real? Tell me again. When our son was born, the whole process was this roller coaster of faith. We did in vitro. Some of you were part of that, that journey with us. It was just crazy. But after three, two failed attempts in a feature, the third one was, 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 was positive. It worked, and my wife is now pregnant, and now we have the development that's going to take place over a matter of months. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's a part of me that said, God, you got this. Thank you, God. This is... And there was a part of me that said, oh, God, please don't let anything go wrong. And my stomach would turn in knots 
every time we would, I didn't miss a doctor's appointment. And we went to a lot more of them because of the in vitro, the situation. We just got a lot more opportunities to go. And I'm telling you, my stomach was in knots. And there's one part of me going, oh, thank you, God, this is great. Another part of me is going, oh, God, please. And I'm going to be honest, until the day he arrived, I had this struggle of faith and believing and trusting God. And then this other side of me that just said, just like that, something could happen. Preparing myself for whichever way God chose to do it. It was just a struggle in faith. Every one of us. Some, some of you are married. It takes more faith to be married than anything else in the world, everybody. <laughs> Think about it. You started dating, and then, guys, you got this wild idea. You're going to ask her to marry you. you got to get the faith up to do it. I met my wife in May 2008. We were married by December 2008. That was quick. That was a lot of faith. That ain't my personality at all. <laughs> I like a background check, a credit report, a five-year plan. <laughs> I told my pastor, Pastor Frankie, I sat him down one day and said, hey, Pastor, I, I, I think I want to ask Jen to marry me. And he, got, he sat up in his chair a little, little straight. He said, okay, son. That sounds great. Is there anything you need to tell me? <laughs> no. I love her. I think I just want to spend, we spend every day together. Still like her. I think we just might as well just get married. Okay, son. But you know, if there's anything you need to tell me, there's nothing we can't work through. And I'm kind of confused at what's going on. And I went, oh, oh, no, we just want to get married. He said, okay, good, that'd be great. So you go through this process, and then you ask, oh, I hope she says yes. And then as soon as she says yes, everybody, then suddenly your stomach sinks, and you went, oh, my God, she said yes. I'm locked into this thing. <laughs> and then you build up to the, the wedding. It's the happiest day of your life, right? But you got this knot in your stomach that goes, oh, my God. I'm about to, give, I'm about to say yes. It's about to be legally binding to the state of Alabama. <laughs> I can't walk off the stage. Everybody's going to see me abandon her at the altar. But I really want to do this. But what if it goes bad? <laughs> you go through this whole process. It just takes faith. To trust that God knows what he's doing. To trust that if God said it, God will do it. Crazy faith. Weird faith. God did crazy things in the Bible. That's why it's weird. You think about it. In Numbers 22, we had a talking donkey. You ever read that story? Some of you don't know that. Shrek, we're making waffles, Shrek. It's in the Bible. Before Shrek even existed, it's there. Look it up. It's crazy. Y'all remember Jesus feeding the 5,000, a little happy meal on the mountainside? It happens. Crazy. Joshua 10. Joshua was in, at war, and this is how my mom used to work. My mom said, there ain't enough daylight in the day. We're going to work all night. My mom's a workaholic. She worked nonstop. Joshua said, we ain't ending this battle. God stands still, the sun in the sky, so we can finish this up. And God did it. The Bible says the sun stood still. It's a miracle. You say, well, that couldn't happen. Well, you got to have faith. God does crazy things. You don't believe me? Go to Walmart this afternoon. Look around. <laughs> he does some crazy stuff. The resurrection. Genesis 1-1, everybody, in the beginning, God created. It's all crazy, but it takes faith. It just takes an opportunity. But then number two, boldness. Boldness brings freedom. Because you can't just sit and just go, okay, blind faith. See, some of you think that, that as, as church people, we just take blind faith. Oh, well, we just y'all believe anything. You're gullible. No. We take the faith and we put boldness to it. Notice what happened. For the second time, they called this man in who had been blind and told him, 
God should get the glory for this because we know this man Jesus was a sinner. They're trying to rewrite the rules, trying to reprogram it, take it away from Jesus, just give it on this universal God. Because look, look everybody, we've got to be careful. Especially today in the church world, just because they say God, don't mean it's your God. It's on Jesus. It's on the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. It's in Jesus' name. It's not some universal feel-good, love is love, God. It's on the name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus. And they're trying to take it away from Jesus. But I love what this guy says. He don't know any better. He said, I don't know whether he is a sinner, but I can tell you this. I was blind and now I can see. Some of us need to be bold enough to go, I don't understand it. I can't tell you everything. We're so worried that we can't quote a scripture. We're so worried somebody's going to ask us to pray. We're going so worried somebody's going to make fun of us. We're so worried we're not going to be able to explain it. But you just go, I don't know, but I can tell you I was blind. Jesus stepped in, and now I can see. You go figure it out. Pretty simple. One plus one is two. No matter how you put it together, it equals two. Blindness, Jesus, I can now see. But some of us were going, well, what if it don't work? What if it don't happen? What if I exercise my faith and, and I don't? you got to be bold enough. Because here's the deal. It's about Jesus to begin with. I understand that Jesus is my authority and he's in control. So I submit myself to him no matter what the outcome may be. And the reason that is is because the second authority is eternity. It's about eternity. Everything rests on what happens after. This is not all there is to it. So Jesus looks at the whole picture, the whole totality of it, not just the here and the now. So I honor Jesus and I walk boldly because I know I'm serving him. And I know that whether to, to, to make it the way I want to make it, to be healed here or to be healed there, it's about eternity. God is working it out. He is in control. And it's about purpose. It's about purpose in everything. Look, it's not just my life. I'm going to die one day. And the only thing left at the end of my life is what I lived. The legacy that I left. It's about the purpose. And if God can work something in my life and through my life so that you can see Jesus, it's worth the journey. Because I'm still going to get Jesus and I'm still going to get heaven. May his purpose on my life be fulfilled. It just takes boldness to wake up every day and say, I know what it looks like. But I know Jesus told me to go and wash. So I'm just going to go do it. My son's seven, and he has a hard time with boldness. He gets intimidated by people. We got these little neighbors across the street, little friends he plays with. And he'll sit every day, look out the window, and wait for them to be outside. And if they're outside, he'll go out there and play with them. But he will not go. I said, buddy, just go knock on the door. Say, you want to play? He said, Dad, I can't do that. What would I say? I said, say, you want to come outside and play? Oh, Dad, you go do it. I said, buddy, I told, I told him yesterday. I said, but I'm a grown man. <laughs> Y'all may not know it, but I am as grown as I'm going to get. I said, but it's going to be weird for your dad to go knock on the door and ask for the little kids to come out and play. <laughs> I said, we can't do that. But one of the little boys had left his Pokemon cards. Some of you are too spiritual for Pokemon cards, but we play Pokemon, and they were sitting on the curb. And uh, he said, Dad, I know what I'll do. I'll go across the street and tell him he left his Pokemon guards. That was his end. I said, all right, man, go do it. Go win the world. Like five minutes later, the door opens and slams. Dad, 
I did it! I said, what did you do? I went and knocked on the door. I said, how'd it go? We're going to ride bicycles. And I'm telling you, you would have thought that we had asked for the hardest thing in the world. I said, buddy, what do you think, what do you really think is going to happen? If you knock on the door, Dad, I won't know what to say. I won't know what to do. What if their parents open the door? It seems so tiny, doesn't it? You can look at somebody else's life and you can watch the obstacle in front of them and it can feel so tiny. But then when it comes to me, and I got to exercise that faith and I got to live it out, it can be so big. But sometimes you just have to be willing and honest to go, I don't know. I can't explain it. But I can tell you, Jesus showed up. He gave me a little boost of my faith. And so I'm going to be bold enough to do whatever he tells me to do. Which number three, the last thing I'll give you, is obedience brings freedom. Obedience. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man said. I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? And I love this because this is really where God wants us to get to begin with. Do you want to become his disciples too? It's obedience. There's an order. Notice that it went from a man in need who had an interaction with Jesus that changed his life. He had the boldness to do and the faith to do it and the obedience to say, everybody around me, hey, I can't explain it. I can't sit here in this cubicle at work and tell you all the details, but I can tell you, if you want to experience this, his name is Jesus. Hey, my marriage was almost over, and I can't explain what happened, but Jesus, you want him to do that for your marriage? I know your kids are crazy because I've seen them. (laughs) You need a miracle? I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you Jesus can show up, and he can change it all. You see, obedience brings order. There's an order to everything. Our culture today, everything is subjective. We understand this. You do you, and I'll do me, and and, and we'll do it our own way. But that's not the way God works. God created the world, didn't he? We only have 24 hours in a day. Sun rises, sun sets. Why? Because God created order that way. We have four seasons every year, sometimes in a day in Alabama, but in general, grand scale, we got four seasons. You can't change it. I don't care what you say about global warming and this and that. We still got four seasons, no matter what they say. We got four seasons. Watch it. It's going to get cold. going to get hot. Trees are going to fall off. I mean, it's going to grow back. We got four seasons. Because God created order. And what God is saying is that in the order of things, in the way he does it and the way he designs it, when we submit to it, then God creates an atmosphere where we can thrive and where our lives can be changed. Now, some of you are into um, fun things like sports, you know, sporting games and things that you do. I'm not. And, uh, but I do fun things like keep aquariums. <laughs> no joke. One time somebody came to church and I said something about not liking sports. And the guy literally told his wife, we can't come to church here, sweetheart. <laughs> We're not coming to church here. Don't even like sports. But uh, much funner things. I keep aquariums. I know nobody else does. And, uh, but, but here's something I just want to tell you. I learned about keeping aquariums. I'll talk to people. They go, oh, yeah, I bought my son an aquarium. We went to the store. We bought it. We brought it home. We had the little kit. We put water in it, and we put the little liquid in it. Then we threw a fish in it, and the next day, the fish was dead, belly up. Never buy a new fish tank. Don't do it. They're expensive, okay? 
But mama bought one on Friday. The fish was dead on Saturday, and it was on the marketplace on Sunday. All right, five bucks for that whole setup. She don't want it anymore. She killed the little fish. Tommy cried. It was a bad scene. Here's the problem. Just like we have, I don't care how clean your house is. You got dust and dirt in your house. That's why 2020 don't make sense, okay? If we don't have dust and dirt and germs, we can't live. We have no immune system, right? So in a, a fish and an aquarium, same thing. They have to have an ecosystem. There has to be dust and dirt and germs inside of that tank for them to live. So what happens is, as you go, you buy the tank, you fill it with water, you throw a fish in it. Well, in that brand new tank of water, there's ammonia in there. And ammonia kills a fish. But when you put it in order, the ammonia, as it begins to grow, and you put some fish food in there, maybe some plants in there, you begin to work the system in the proper order, then it becomes nitrites that takes care of the ammonia. And then you have something called nitrates that break down the nitrite, and then it becomes a stable ecosystem. You can put your fish in there, and they'll thrive. No big deal. But you can't do it out of order. You can't go get it and go, I'm not waiting three weeks to get this tank right. I want to fish today. Put the fish in there, but it's going to die. Well, I feel this way. I don't want to do that. That's not how I feel. That's not what I think. That's not what I want to do. So we're going to skip that scripture, and I'm going to do it my way. Well, go do it your way. But the Bible says, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. And Jesus said, I came to give life and to give it what? More abundantly. So you can do it my way or you can fill your tank and you can jump right in and you will drown to the bottom, belly up. And then when you're scratching your head going, what happened? There's water, there's a fish, but that little packet they gave me in there. But there's nothing to sustain life. But obedience to God's word and to his ways sustains life. It creates a system for God's blessing to be on your life. Today, here's what I know. Is that there's not a one of us that doesn't need God to show up and bring freedom to our circumstances. But you're not going to do it without faith. I'm not talking about faith in yourself. I'm not talking about faith in this church. I'm talking about faith in Jesus. And you're not going to do it without boldness because he's waiting on you to get up and to do a little something. Serve somebody. Give. Be generous. Put a smile on your face. Come on, in the midst of it all, smile, move, go. Be a blessing to somebody. It's God's word. As Jesus walked to the cross, he's still blessing people. Come on. He didn't feel like it. He didn't want to do it. But it had a purpose. Be bold. Step out there. And obey. God's word says do it, do it. Just do it. Some of you have never been baptized. Well, you need to be baptized. Some of us don't serve anybody. You need to serve somebody. Some of us don't give nothing. You need to give. Some of us still dabbling in sin. Just, just stop. Just obey God's word. And watch the miracles start happening in your life. Not a get rich quick. Not an overnight success. But a God, here I am. And I have nothing. But thank you for stopping and blessing my life. I want to pray that over you today. Will you bow your head? Close your eyes with me. If you're our guest in here today, nothing weird or funny is going to happen. Our team's going to come back, play softly. And I want to pray two things over us today. If you're online, I just ask you, just eliminate some distractions. Let this be a moment with you. 
and the Lord right here. Number one, you may be here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never said yes to him. Today's your day. I'm going to pray for you that you'd make that decision. Last week, six people at Cultivate Church made that decision. I want to invite you to be a part of that. And then some of us are here and you need freedom in an area of your life. But Jesus brought you here today and he stopped by to perform miracles. So God, right now, if there's one of us in this room watching online without a relationship with you, we ask forgiveness of our sin. We choose to put you first in our life. Thank you for loving us and for forgiving us. And God, I pray for all of us in whatever area of our life that there's a need. You're the provider. So we just pray we'd have the faith to trust you to provide. The boldness to walk it out in whatever aspect you choose to do it. And the ability to obey. To submit our life to you. So that there's an opportunity for blessing. Obedience opens the doors to blessings in our life. Thank you for what you've done here today. Thank you for the way you've blessed us. Thank you for your presence that's here. In everything you do in every life here today, Jesus, you'll get the credit. We don't know, but we'll point to you. Because God, you're good. And we give you all the credit for it here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, everybody. Can we honor Jesus? Come on. He's good.